Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where Brandy meets bludgeoning, Mimosa meets misdemeanour and Port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. I mean, at the bottom of this, it's a love story. That's what yeah. I love. It's just... I'm a complete feminist, yeah, but I'll be like, oh, I'm so stupid. She's so stupid, but look at her ankles. <laughs> or her tits. <laughs> to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. We are joined by a fantastic guest this week. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Zoom call. The amazing fashion designer and TV presenter, it's Esme Young. Oh, thank you. Esme, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. Well, I hope it'll be a pleasure for me. (laughs) I'm sure it will. I'm sure. <laughs> we will do our best. We have one question on this podcast. Have you ever been the victim of a crime? Well, I have. Yes. <gasps> Tell us more. Well, when I was 13, 14, I used to do a lot of 
fashion drawings. And this was in the 60s. And I was very influenced by a designer called Courage. Okay. And then Hmm. a few months later, this girl, I was at boarding school. So this girl came back. She went, Esme? I went, yeah. She said, I stole all your fashion drawing pictures and I put it in my portfolio and I got to, into Parsons in New York. No, no way! What? Oh my God, what a crime! We've never had this one before. Oh. And where did you bury her body, Esme? <laughs> oh, in the trunk. I put it in the trunk. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. I know. Like, did you retaliate? Did you out her to Parsons? What happened next? Oh, I didn't. I thought I'd even forgotten. I hadn't even noticed they'd gone missing, to tell you the truth. Wow. Why do you think she told you? I think it's, did she think you'd be like, well, congratulations, we got to do what we got to do. Like, it's interesting she fessed Mm. up. I know, I agree with you. Why did she tell me? Yeah. Well, actually, maybe she told me. Because in a way, it was saying to me how fabulous my drawings were, wasn't it? Yeah. Actually. It's it's a very strange compliment, but it is a compliment. (laughs) Yeah, don't you think? I think so. Good enough to steal. Imitation is the sincerest form of committing a crime, I guess. Wow. This is such an interesting story. Yeah. Did she go on and, I mean, I'm assuming you're more successful, which uh, feels nice. Well, it, you know, that was nearly 60 years ago. I have no idea what oh. she's doing or where she is. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it, if she went on, like, you can almost see the film that she started there by stealing your work and then she just yeah. steals people's work and then becomes, like, this uh, that, top designer. But that's designer. it, though, isn't it? Because she, she can't do it herself. So she can get, she can sneak her way in a door, but then she's got nothing to bring to the table herself. Well, you know, quite often what happens in fashion companies, house, fashion houses, you know, big ones, they employ designers. Right. So she could have done that, couldn't she? she her dad was quite rich, I think. She could have right. set up a fashion company, got a designer in. Yeah. yeah. She could have kept faking it, yeah. Yeah. I was what going was to ask, that? how much does this happen in the fashion industry I'm not really sure, to tell you the truth, but what has always happened, uh, well, for decades, is people stealing, well, I don't know what's, copying mm. um, the, you know, the things that happened in Paris, all the right. collections. People uh-huh. would go to see them, then they'd come back and make them up for their shop. Right. right. And even quite a lot of those designers would do things like they'd have an arrangement with the department store and they do a special collection for the department store oh. which was a lower yet not so much dosh wow yeah right, right. i'm intrigued just to your relationship with this girl was she like was she a mate did you knock around together or was she like yeah was she just question you know was she just well, a girl I, at your I, school? Was, I was friends with her yeah, yeah. i was quite close to her sister we used to do this thing at school where we put on little shows particularly when we were at junior school and her sister loved doing ballet 
so she'd do ballet and I did an impression of Cliff Richard <laughs> singing crying talking sleeping walking living doll thought, honestly they thought it was absolutely hilarious <laughs> I'm sure it was <laughs> amazing oh my gosh I could just listen to stories about this school for a long time I can tell like tell us more tell us more about the school I know well, they were nuns Oh, really? Oh, wow. This story just got even darker. <laughs> I was taught history of art in my junior school. Okay. By the nuns. Wow. And yeah, I know, it was amazing. Huh. And they read amazing stuff to us. And if there were any nuns who were trying to persuade us to become nuns, they weren't then allowed to have any kind of interaction with the kids. Oh, wow. So they were pretty um, forward-looking. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. Nuns with boundaries. What a refreshing tale. Well, except I can remember reading, when I was older, reading James Baldwin book, and there were all books that were on a kind of register that you weren't allowed to read because James Baldwin was one of them. Wow. So I covered it in brown paper. (laughs) But then it was obvious, wasn't it? It was something I wasn't meant to be reading. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I love that you did that with books rather than, like, a brown paper bag with some booze. It was more like (laughs) just a a book. That's a nicer version of that. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, this evil girl that stole your (laughs) designs, I mean, ultimately, you didn't need it. You've had everything, such an amazing everything else anyway. But we always ask um, on this podcast, what would you say if she's, she's, she's in custody, you don't even have to see her, (laughs) but you can if you want. She's, but like, what would you say to her if you could? I'd say I'd get you out of here. (laughs) You're going to break her out? (laughs) Yep. Wow. Nice. The ultimate art heist. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So how, so you've forgiven her. You want to break her free? Yes. I love okay. it. I love it. Definitely. That is all. Yeah. That is the first time that's happened on this podcast oh, too. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever broken out the um, the perp. This is awesome. I think it's our first evolved guest. It's yeah, great. It's happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good place to be in. What a tale, though. Oh my yeah. gosh. You must have just been a little shocked, right? I was shocked. Yeah, I was. <laughs> but you see, I, I. The, the, well, I don't remember, but I can't remember not knowing where they were. But yeah. maybe I did. And I will have done loads of them. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And I will have done stuff after. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. And I'll have thought I'd lost them. Yeah. Somehow or other. I love the stuff you're just knocking out is the stuff that gets someone yeah. else into the past. Yeah, you're like, oh, I didn't even need it. Oh, yeah. really? Is it that yeah, good? Whatever. That's it's kind nothing of the to me. Of it. Like, These are yeah. my crumbs, baby. Eat it's, my crumbs. Yeah, <laughs> the crumbs are genius. It's just awesome. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. So we're going to move on to the true crime portion of the podcast now detective hats on they're right. gonna help me yes yes <laughs> yeah, we'll you're a together. team together well, well, you're about to see and how little we know basically it's a bit of well fun. you've done it before i haven't <laughs> <laughs> yeah they've been practicing i might um, have to write this down 
we've got another writer. Everyone's very professional. I think we support like, note taking. Yeah, yeah. Good. When, when we first started, no one took notes. Um, oh, right. I think okay. about the first two years, about three people took notes. And now lockdown, everyone's taking everything very seriously. <laughs> um, well, sometimes when I write the notes and I look back at them, I've no idea what the <laughs> hell it means. You're writing too quickly. They would, get, yes. they would get someone else into Oxford, though, just those notes, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> they would. Your throwaway notes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so the, the case that we're going to be talking about today is about somebody that the New York Times dubbed the worst woman on earth. So my first question is, what did she do? What did the worst woman on earth do? Did she speak before spoken to? Ooh, that's (laughs) nice. Yeah, could be, could be. Did Uh, she kill a load of men? Great answer. Great answer. That's just such a huge thing, isn't it? The worst woman, woman on earth. It could just be the title. She, she used air quotes loads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was just kind well, of maybe. She, maybe she killed a load of children. Yeah. That would be pretty awful. You would get that title for that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I like that we went um, for men first, and then like, oh no, it can- <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, I reckon possibly is it something to do with animal cruelty because. People Mm. don't, you know, that's a big thing that people react to. Yeah. Or she Mm -hmm. ripped, how about she ripped people off? Because someone like, you know, the New York Times, you've got sort of like New York, it depends when this was as well, because absolutely loads and loads. Was it very affluent at the time? And if so, maybe she was a fraudster. Maybe she defrauded people. That's good. I'm going to go with that. Okay. I've never said this on this podcast, but I hope she's a murderer to get that (laughs) title. For the because, big wow. title, yeah. yeah. It's worst, like everybody yeah. says it's the trial of the century. Like if this is the worst woman, I hope she's done the murder. Okay. Well, exactly. Well, I'm going to tell you and I'm giving it to Esme. She did more than one thing. She's a serial killer and a fire starter and she did kill men. Oh. So well Esme gets it. And wow. so, yay, murderer. Welcome to the force. So- And she set fire to things. Yes. I think she had some mental health problems. Yes, I would say I would say so for sure. Yeah. I reckon. So we are talking about a serial killer called Lizzie Halliday, and she was the first woman ever to be sentenced to death by electric chair. Oh wow. So when was that? We shall get to that. Now, she actually doesn't end up dying by electric chair because something else happens. Oh, no. Um, But I won't tell you about that yet. So, she is born... Did someone murder her in the the prison? That is a good guess, and I'm not going to answer that question until towards the end. Okay. Um, I don't think you need to take notes, Esme. Yeah, you got this. Esme you got this. <laughs> she was born uh, Eliza Margaret McNally in Ireland in 1864. Ooh, okay. For people that want to know the year. And when she's three years old, her family emigrates to America. Sorry, did you say 1864? Yes, 1864. Okay, okay. Because um, I was like, otherwise, like, how? so she's not that old. <laughs> <laughs> she's born 1864, and when she's oh, three, right. so 1867, the family emigrate to America, and they go to New York. They're in Greenwich. They're living their best mm-hmm. New York lives. And um, in 1879, when she's about 15 or 16, Lizzie gets married to a Greenwich New Yorker called Charles Hopkins, um, and he has an alias, as, uh, oh, but we don't really need to talk about that. So, But anyway, let's call him Charles Hopkins. So my question is, how soon after this marriage does Charles die? Oh, gosh. Oh. 
Oh. She got married in 79. Yeah. I'd say 82. Okay, 82. Three so years. Three later. years from Esme. Yeah, well, and I'm assuming that this marriage ended because possibly it was a murder. Uh-huh. Um, and if she's only... 16. I think, yeah, maybe like five years later, I think that she's still finding her feet in New York, maybe, and she has a little bit of time to... No, seven years, because you get like the seven-year itch, right? And maybe that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's <Ooh>. funny. <laughs> okay, for the record, Hannah's getting married in May. <laughs> so if we could just stop... Oh, how long is it going to take you to murder your husband? She's got it all worked out. Seven years. Come back to me in 2000. And, oh, no, I've, I've put maths on myself. Why have I done that? Come oh, back Hannah. to me in next year plus seven and we'll see what's happening. <laughs> 20, 28? Oh, 29. 20, Toby's yeah. got till 2028. <laughs> oh, well, I'll be dead then. It's fine. Um, okay, uh, I think I'll go lower because we've got sort of a we've higher... We've got three. You've got... Oh, no, got we've got three, three, three and seven. seven. So I'm going to say... I don't. I just don't think she was having this at all. I'm going to say six months. Wow. Okay. Ooh. In wow. which case, Esme is the closest. It was two years. Nice. Wow. Oh. You can do any career, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he makes it all the way to 1881. Uh, now, we don't officially know what he dies of. It could mm. have been natural causes. It was easier to be a serial killer in the olden days because people died all the time. It wasn't suspicious. Now, they are said to have one son who ended up institutionalised, but I don't have any, I don't hear anything more about him in any of my sources. I couldn't find mm. out. So, question, how soon before Lizzie remarries? So, a couple years. years. She's in. I love she, this. Yeah, so Esme's two years. Taylor and Hannah, higher or lower? Maybe earlier, because <laughs> she's got a child, hasn't she? Can I ask a question? You might yeah. be, I don't know if this would have anything to do with anything, but what is she doing for work? Because that would affect perhaps how That's quickly true. she needs to... Yes, mm. that is a good question. Um, and I don't know, actually. There's she. There's uh, Later on, I can give you more information okay. about what she's doing. But at this point... She's obviously not come from... This is not from a wealthy Irish no, family. She's, like, she's getting right. married at 15, 16. Yeah, she's yeah, not... Yeah. Um, so probably pretty quickly. Yeah, I thought so, actually. I think yeah. two years is too long. Okay. Six months. Six. I'm going to say six... Yeah, I was going to say I'm sticking with six months again. Okay, so Taylor and Esme, six months. Hannah I mean, George. it feels very foolish to not just agree with Esme now, but I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go maybe uh, 18 months because she waits to find the right guy. Because <laughs> second time's going to well, be the true could have been. she could have been having affair with him before she murdered her yeah. first husband so she could have had him lined up mm. that's why she murdered the first one you know, oh, true interesting you say that because that's in a way that starts to happen um but mm-hmm. in this instance it is a few months so yeah really Esme and Taylor that's still um, not long enough is it like sometimes when people get together with people too quickly after a relationship like there's definitely an overlap and you just think just give it like six months yeah just it's just yeah but, but as you guys have pointed out it is half a financial arrangement isn't it yeah yeah. Um, this is to get a roof over her head as much as anything else. And um, she's got a child. Yeah. Yeah. 
although he might have already been taken away at this point. I'm not quite sure. Mm. Um, I think he might be gone because there's no other... I think he's been taken into wherever. Right. But did that happen in those days? I know people went into, in Victorian times, into what was it called? Workhouses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I... Would you have thought in New York and anyway? I know what you mean. There was probably was a social care. People were definitely getting sort of, um, especially if you couldn't afford to, you know, buy your way out of it. People were getting committed all the time. I did hear quotes on that. Yeah, I don't feel like it's, you know, like social care that's come in to help him. It feels like maybe there's a charity. And yes. it's, yeah. you know, there's morality because there was that thing, this was in the UK, but like unwed mothers could give that they had to give their babies, a, they, they mm. gave the babies away and then they, the babies were educated and then put to work and stuff. But mm. the mothers had to agree. And to in never... Ireland they did it. Yeah. So it, it might be more of a, um, all right, we'll look after him, but he can't see, you yeah. know, it might be more of a harsh it's not benevolent, is it? It's a, mm. um, so it might be a morality police kind of thing. But anyway, so she gets married a few months later, less than a year, still in 1881, and she marries a pensioner called Artemis Brewer. Artemis um, Brewer. Wow. Let me pause on that name for a second. Wow. <laughs> I know. And he is like a vet from, I guess, the Civil War. Wait, but a pensioner in 1882 is like a 30 year old, right? Like, they do not live that long. <laughs> like, how I old mean, is this guy? Yeah. I went off several different sources, and the main one about him called him a pensioner didn't, it doesn't even specify an age. But yeah. But he was a Civil War vet. Yeah. Said. Yeah, wow. Um, and again, he, so he dies within a year. We don't know what from. But there is obviously this emerging pattern. She Is marries... she collecting any life insurance along the way by any chance? Not. At the, it doesn't get know. mentioned at this point. Okay. She does start to get a bit more savvy with stuff like that. She marries another guy called Hiram Parkinson, and he does not die. So my okay. question to does you is: Does he do a runner? Does he do Ooh. a runner? Ding, ding, ding! I'm oh, not even going to let you guys answer it. <laughs> Esme, um, yeah. He so he left her, and I just want to let you guys know that two separate sources actually described him as fleeing her. Um, he fled away from her within a year. Well, yeah, there may well be some trauma and some mental health issues um, with this lady. Now, she marries again. By the way, don't worry. This whole case isn't just a feminist retelling of Henry VIII. (laughs) Some other stuff is going to happen. I've got completely confused now to how many husbands she's had so far. Three. Yeah, so two died. One has done a runner. Third one ran. And then she marries this. The fourth one that she marries is George Smith. And he was a friend of the pensioner guy. Oh, um, I see. So okay. he's, he is similar age to him. And he's also a war veteran. And they serve together. I well, just feel she... bad for the bridesmaids. I mean, are they, <laughs> do they have to buy all their own dresses? Because she's probably, probably Especially some of them are the same. In those days. Oh. She was obviously really persuasive, wasn't she? Yes. Yeah. I mean, what was she doing? Slash something. And she's still a teenager at this point, too. Yeah. What was um, she doing to yeah. bamboozle them all? I mean, quite. Yeah, Although give me some she, tips. She's a teenager, they're yes, pensioners. Exactly. I mean, 
They can. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Yes. <laughs> but still. So now he also does not die, husband number four. Oh. So my question is, what happens to him? George, friends with the deceased husband, and also a vet. Also a pensioner. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Does he, does he maybe oh, he get... He, ha- he has an affair with someone else and goes off. Ooh, that is joking. a nice guess. Another one of his friends' wives. Okay, yes. <laughs> they're coming out of my ears. <laughs> As well as all this hair, I've seen old men. <laughs> is this where maybe she gets reported Ill? for the first time? I'm wondering okay. if he goes to the police because she's who knows what she's, she's doing. Done but something. like, because you've said fire starting, so maybe she's starting fires all along the way, okay. and he's like, I'm just gonna go <laughs> yeah okay so maybe this is her first arrest I don't know. okay great guess from taylor hannah george okay so we've got goes to the police um oh, if he doesn't die does he does he just divorce her he doesn't he doesn't run he just says i want a divorce because obviously he's starting to see something mm, yeah He's not happy. Yeah. I mean, c- c- close. I'm giving it to Taylor because, yeah. She... I forgot what I said already, so this is a great game. Well, <laughs> I don't know about the police, but Lizzie tries to poison him by giving him a cup of tea with arsenic in it. Oh. Uh, but she fails. Um, oh. So he is onto her, and so she has to flee. Right. Um, has there been a film made about her? I'm Ooh. not sure, actually. It sounds kind of vaguely... But there were probably a lot of mass murders, weren't so, there? Murderers. Yeah, this this won't be an isolated case. Lizzie, um, what's her name again? Lizzie Halliday. Halliday. Fortunately, oh. she's got a name that would be good for like a musical. Lizzie Halliday. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, it's not that kind of story. It's a, it's a fun name. Or yeah. it sounds like a Californian saying Lucy Holiday. <laughs> I haven't seen you for years. <laughs> Where have you been, Lizzie? So she's on the run and she flees to Bellows Falls in Vermont. And she apparently takes everything she can carry out of the house with her. And she's off now. So all the arsenic. <laughs> yeah, she's got all the arsenic, all the china she could carry, so all of the poison. <laughs> You won't believe this. She marries again. She marries a Vermont guy called Charles Playstill. Uh, my question to you now is, does he die? I mean, I feel like he probably does. Um, so do I. Mm. Okay. She, she, she obviously was very attractive yeah. young woman, don't you think? Or I very think, persuasive or something. I think, yeah, if she's got... She might be one of those, you know, the kind of the crazy girl that's kind of really fun, but then has a dark side. <laughs> so yeah. she starts off super fun and exciting. This is basically Gone Girl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, the again, like girl. in those times, if you've got all your teeth, then she's probably like, looks great. Like back in the 18. 18- well, did they have good teeth in the 18th? 18- yeah. You don't move to Bellow Falls and like suddenly decide like, oh, this place is beautiful. I think I won't murder anyone anymore. So I think that he, he does yeah. die, I think. Yeah. New state, new start. He's going. Okay. So unanimous, he dies. I think yeah. so. Well, I'm afraid none of you are correct. So he does not I die. Mean, great. I mean, that's good. Yeah. Don't we cheer that on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. A man's alive. Damn it. So what happens um, to him? Yeah. Well, 
Um, he just carries on because she vanishes two weeks later. Um, after two weeks after they get married, she's gone again. Does so she just... like murdering or does she like weddings? Like, I'm not sure which <laughs> yeah. is the thing that she wants. What's her MO here? Yeah. 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 She just, I really like cake and I like attention. So. Yeah. Yeah. I want it to be really my bizarre. day. So she does sound very unwell. She sounds really yeah. erratic and manic and just, there's yeah. no rhyme or reason to this, really. Is yeah. There? I mean, what I wonder what her childhood was like. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, she'd been killing and poisoning cats and dogs. And- yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. Because yeah, we don't know, and that that would be the pattern, wouldn't? It? I mean, I, I would imagine she's had quite a traumatic yeah, um, so. childhood. So, just for the record, she has three living husbands at this point, and she's only successfully yes, killed does. two of the five. Right. Yes. So she lays low for a bit, and in 1888, she turns up in Philadelphia, and she goes to stay with some family friends from Ireland called the McQuillans. Now, at this point as well, she's going by the name Maggie Hopkins, and Ooh. she opens up a shop. Ooh. But the shop burns down, and she collects the insurance money. Mm-hmm. Um, so question, is she in any trouble with the law about this? Well, oh. I'm sure she'll have been investigated. Okay. Surely. Yeah. I think. And yeah, it looks suspicious. Investigation. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Depends I wonder how good at it she is, I guess. This is her first fire. This is the first one. Yeah. Ah, uh, I would. So she I... probably gets better. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So this one remember our first fire. (laughs) (laughs) This is the practice fire. (laughs) I think maybe I think maybe she doesn't then because she's not under she's not no one's suspecting her of murder at this point. So she's right, yeah. Yeah. She's not a suspicious figure and it's a shop going up in flames, right? So I feel like hang on. How 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 do we know that the shop's gone on fire? Um, so she, it's her shop. She opens the shop. Yeah. It burns down, and then she collects insurance money. Oh, I see. That's all written down somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Taylor thinks she got away with it in Wikipedia. Yeah. Well, Wikipedia. I think she probably did get away with it. I, I feel sure she didn't end up in hospital. I mean, oh god, in prison. <laughs> well, she might have got burnt, but um, I, I. <laughs> No, I don't think she ended up in prison because she's okay. going to set more fires and kill more people, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. She's got a whole load of stuff yet to do. Okay, so gets away with it from Esme. Hannah, do you think she gets in trouble? I think she might play the... Because we're talking about her sort of the, the way she is and whether she's quite attractive, what she's doing to attract all these men. And mm-hmm. I don't know whether she plays the kind of the, the woman card of like, oh, I forgot I put my candle down. And like, you right. know, sometimes I like, can't sometimes do that whenever I make a mistake. <laughs> I'll just... Down. Um, I'm a complete feminist, yeah, but I'll be like, oh, I'm so stupid. Uh, so maybe she did that, and the insurance guys were like, it's the stupid board, it's fine, yeah. give her the this money. This was a blue she's, job. She's so stupid, but look at her ankles. <laughs> exactly. Or her tits. <laughs> I mean, it's a very good point. Did not expect that. Like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. That is how it is. Drunk women solving crime. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So you guys, she is in trouble with the law for this. Okay. Um, this is her first conviction and she gets convicted oh. of burning down her own shop for the insurance money. Gosh, it's like... Com- Capone with tax evasion. Well, right. yeah, the and fire. She, um, she actually spends two years. She gets it's a first oh, wow. in prison. She gets a two year sentence, but she's out early. Um, well, actually, she's either out early or some of my information is wrong because she's out again by eighteen eighty nine, and she's now going by the name Lizzie Brown. So she became a housekeeper for Mister Paul Halliday, and he's another war vet. Okay, um, and he the Halliday. Yeah, here we go. We're we're closing in. Um, he was twice widowed. He was he was a, a twice widowed seventy year old farmer living in Burlington, New York, with his son, like adult sons who working on the farm in Sullivan County. I, that means nothing to me, but that's where they are. So she starts as a housekeeper. They get married, and this is where we also get our first real mention of what Lizzie's personality was like, because this Paul Halliday described what he called Lizzie's sporadic spells of insanity. Ah. the slight trouble with this as well is that my sources differ over the exact order of the next few things happening so i found it slightly tricky to piece it together yeah Uh, and also this is the point where stuff starts to get more dark Uh oh god um yeah so we have a series of fires the halliday family house barn and mill are burnt to the ground and some of the sources there was like one fire and then a bit later there was another fire and some of the sources they all happened together but my question is did anyone die in the fires or fire i bet somebody did okay yes from esme agreed yes from taylor We've only heard you mention Paul, so I think it's possibly Paul because he is the husband as well. And well, he's seems... got a son. There's a son. He's got two he? sons. Oh, ooh. so you yeah. said darker, so it sounds it's... like it's going darker. Yeah, I think there's some lives. One of um, so yes, somebody dies in the fire, and it's mm. one of Halliday. It's it's Halliday's disabled son. This God. is probably the darkest bit of the whole fucking case, to be honest. So John, the son, and Lizzie was suspected of setting the fire because she was known to have disliked John. And Lizzie claimed that he had died trying to save her from the flames, but John's bedroom door was found in the rubble and to be locked. And Lizzie was in possession of the key. So basically, it looks like she's locked him in and then set the fire which is she's the worst woman on earth so you know you know what the The new york (laughs) times i often agree with them and i'm afraid today is no exception it's not always hyperbole i always but i always get interested in you know as me was saying like we don't know 
anything about her background and it's not justification, but it's just understanding. I think it's interesting that she had this son that we don't know much about who's gone, yeah, gone. who's yeah. institutionalized. And here she has this resentment mm-hmm. about someone else's son who has a disability of some sort, you know, yeah. again, and in today's terms, who knows what his diagnosis would be, but it's just interesting that there's well, this. I suspect I she had to hate someone. Mm. And maybe to hate the disabled son was the easiest one yeah. to hate. Yeah, and, you know, there could be jealousy that he's being yeah. looked after. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzie tries to flee, and my sources said that she, in order to flee, she steals an entire fleet of horses from the farm. And wow. How many How horses many do you horses? need to flee? <laughs> yes, exactly. One will do. A whole Lizzie. bunch. She steals all of the horses and a nearby neighbour goes with her. Um, my sources differ over whether they were eloping or if he was just helping her drive them to Newburgh in New York, where she then sold them. So she sold all these horses. Oh, right. Either okay. way, he appears to have left her on arrival. Um, so it, I don't what know if it's... What did he tell that? Go there, like, oh, I'm just just all these horses. Yeah, exactly. We have to go now. Like, we have to yeah, go right now. What's what's that burning? He, now, I mean, like, yeah, there's a fire in the background, and he's like, yeah, I'll help <laughs> you sell these horses. Like, yeah, what's? How is he going to go back exactly? But so I don't know if it's a botch attempt to run off with another man or not, because that some of that story just mm, sounds, sounds a bit like it. But yeah. she's an opportunist, obviously, isn't she? Mm, so definitely. maybe she thought, oh, come on, mate, help me. Yeah. Or yeah. get anyone to help me. I, I, yeah, I think she's, yeah, necessity, yeah. Manipulative. Um, yes. That Very. is the word. Yeah. That is the word. So she is arrested. She pleads insanity and she gets sent to an asylum. Mm-hmm. Now, my sources, again, differ on how she gets out of the asylum. One says that she was transferred to another asylum, but was then dis- declared cured and released, and she returns home to Halliday. Another source said that Paul Halliday came and got her and brought her home again. Uh-huh. Um, but either way, she ends up home with him again in 1893. Uh-huh. Um, by August of 1893, shortly after that, Paul disappears. Oh. Why on earth... Did he allow her to come back? Yes. Mm. This is a very good question. And I'm not sure if he believed her or if my sources are slight, like if maybe the timeline is slightly off, but it, because I was really trying to piece together these slightly differing bits of information. And it really did sound like his son was dead and he still took her back. But there is a possibility that he didn't or he believed her or something. I'm not quite sure if there's a, you know, I've got the Has she wrong. fessed up to the arson? Has she basically said, "Yeah, I, d- I did this, but I it was insanity," or is it this was um, an accident? Oh but yeah, also... you're saying insane. Well, she's she pleaded pled, insanity. She's pled insanity, but that could have just been for stealing the horses, because she's maintained that the fire was an accident and the son died trying to save her. Yeah, and right. Then, okay, yes, sorry, you had said point. that, mm. but but that obviously they've then discovered that his room was locked. So yeah. again, I don't know. I can't be absolutely sure about the timeline of when this information. But maybe he was under her spell, you know, and was yeah. Just... He's been widowed twice, this guy, right? Yeah. So you know, maybe well, he's kind of like he obviously was under her spell. She's obviously a very, very persuasive woman. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
And, Ooh. you know, some guys like high-maintenance women. That's um, true. <laughs> he feels alive when she has her insanity spells. I mean, but, at the bottom of this, it's a love story. That's what yeah. I love. It's just, yeah. you know, it's about love. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Not her love. Well, maybe she loved murdering people. So then it could be about love, couldn't it? Yeah, it, a different kind of love. And we, yeah. you know, we just don't know enough about what was really going on for her for if she if she no, can exactly. love so august 1893 paul has disappeared where does lizzie say he is this is so much in a short period of time i was just gonna yeah. say like wow I was, yeah. yeah during like my teenage years of like these last <laughs> i was like down at the bus station with the smirnoff ice like she's done <laughs> She's well, it's not busy. a bit. She's in her twenties now. Actually, okay, she's, so. she's just twenty, isn't she? She was born wow. in. Six, no, hang on. She's in her thirties. She laid what? low for a bit, didn't she? Wait, she was born in eighteen sixty-four. Did I say sixty-four? Yeah. Yes. And now it's eighteen ninety-three. So she's nearly. She's twenty-nine. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't feel so bad about my achievements <laughs> now. That's fine. That's fine. I was doing a lot. Twenty-nine's a baby. I didn't have half the husband she's had at twenty-nine. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had one husband. <laughs> So they can say I've never murdered one, neither. (laughs) (laughs) She's ahead on everything. (laughs) Yeah, you guys want to guess? Where's he disappeared? Yeah, where does she say he's gone? Oh, yeah, what did she say? To look for the horses. (laughs) 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 Where do you say an older man has gone? (laughs) To the bathroom. You know, they take a while. I mean, he's a fit 70-year-old as well, this guy. He's working a farm. Oh, okay, mm. you keep in your pants. <laughs> oh, you know, fit. Okay, sorry, sorry. He's kept it tight, you guys. <laughs> well, maybe he's, she says, he's gone to look for another farm. He's going to buy another farm. He's okay. gone to Michigan. That's, yeah, <laughs> these are excellent answers. <laughs> to visit family. Okay. Well, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe that he's um, gone on a holiday, gone on a cruise. I don't think they he's existed gone. back then. But, yeah. you know, maybe, because sometimes holiday I find... Holiday on holiday. Oh, everybody's <laughs> he's having to find himself. I find it quite inspiring when, like, couples go on separate holidays. I'm like, I love it. So maybe... Um... <laughs> maybe he's yeah. gone to a monastery. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a good permanent... Yeah. Lie. Yeah, that <laughs> like, would he's gonna be gone until he decides celibacy is not for him and <laughs> that and that'll tide you over. There's an that'll it like it's not over, like yeah. he should be back tomorrow. That's like, well, could well I don't know when he's coming back, he's gone to a monastery. Okay. Esme's first guess was the closest. Um he she says that he's gone to a nearby town to do some masonry work. Now, the neighbours are suspicious. I do not know if this is the same neighbours that one tried to elope with her and sell horses or if there's other neighbours. Uh, but some of the neighbours are suspicious and they don't believe Lizzie's story. And according to one source, the neighbours... Sorry, this is what a case where I'm like, I don't know what happened. I've got six different accounts in these different sources. But according to one source, um, the neighbours poked around and found two dead bodies under a haystack. But according to oh, another source, okay. a search warrant was obtained and they were discovered in a hay barn by police. Now, these bodies belong to Margaret and Sarah McQuillan, which are the wife and daughter 
in the Irish family that she went to stay with when she was laying low. Oh, oh blimey. After wow. she left Vermont. So they were the family friends from Philadelphia. Now, both bodies have been bound and shot and Lizzie is arrested. When questioned, she behaved in an erratic manner, tearing at her clothes and talking incoherently. She was kept in custody and some people thought that she was just faking, look, trying to look insane. Um, hmm. Question, do they find Paul Halliday's body... I mean, she's obviously not particularly good at hiding bodies if you're going to hide them, like, under a haystack. And, like, doesn't hay mm. get used on farms <laughs> yeah. and stuff? Like, it's not there permanently, right? Like, yeah, you don't go, like, yeah. oh, that's a good haystack for it's my barn. It's the stack. That, yeah, that has done a shelf my farming life. now. I mean, so, she, hasn't, she hasn't even read The Three Little Pigs. Hay is the worst one. <laughs> so it was the neighbours who saw her putting uh, them the yeah, it looked. Uh, it sounds like it was quite possibly the neighbours that um, were poking around and found the dead bodies. Ooh, I wonder, the- though. I mean, we're talking about someone, an arsonist. So I wonder if it was supposed to be like a funeral pyre. Like, had she moved the right, bodies and she hadn't got round to it yet? Get, get round to it. far to it. There's a thought. Yeah, it got interrupted. Uh, so I think okay. they did find Paul's body because I just don't think she's that good at this. She's getting sloppy. Mm. Or more insane. Uh, do you guys think they find Paul's body? I'm not sure. Really not. Not sure. Okay. That's okay. You can say you're not sure. I'm going to say no. They don't find Paul's body. Okay. Just to be different than Hannah, which is okay. never a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, the answer is yes. They do find his body. Mm. A few days after the McQuillans were found, Paul Halliday's mutilated body was discovered Ooh. under the floorboards of his house, and he had also been tied up and shot. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Uh, so Lizzie was charged with the murders and held for trial at the Sullivan County Jail in Monticello, New York. I've said that right, yeah? Monticello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nailed it. Great. <laughs> Thank you, Hamilton. <laughs> and then during the first few months there, she refused to eat. Uh, she attacked the sheriff's wife. She set fire to her own bed and she tried to hang herself and she cut her own throat with broken glass. Nice. Um, I know. And oh, she was qu- quoted as saying, I thought I would cut myself to see if I bleed. So her jailers were forced to chain her to the floor during her remaining months there. So this is a huge story. National media attention, sensational, horrible. Mm. Everybody's obsessed with it. Um, but no one can really get any information or interviews, any information out of her in interviews because she's acting so crazy until one day somebody succeeds. Ooh. So my question is, oh. which famous journalist managed to get an interview with Lizzie Halliday? And Ooh. I'll give you a clue. We did I don't a case. know any famous journalist. <laughs> Um, it was well, Piers we... Bloody Morgan, wasn't it? Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Definitely. Um, see, Hannah and Taylor can cheat because we did a case about this person. It was actually the last case that I did. There was a certain famous journalist of this era. Managed I love to get... the credit you're giving to us that we retain any knowledge <laughs> as, gonna, as we go along. <laughs> I was going to suggest, but this is completely wrong because I don't even know if it's based on a real person, but like the Pulitz, Pulitzer Prize or whatever, Pulitzer, the, isn't the that Pulitzer a journalist Prize? Prize winner that is I that... talked about. Oh, did he win the thing? Ah, oh, he won it. I don't know who this person is. The... Well, okay, Could you so... give us their initials? N... I still won't know. <laughs> Norman Black. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't the woman. It wasn't the woman that went to um, 
um, she went to the asylum undercover <gasps> and she invented was it undercover. undercover? Yeah. It was the undercover cop oh, and she was wow. called Nellie Blythe or something. Have I yes, got mad? Yes, yes. Nellie Blythe. Yeah, that's right. Wow. It was Nellie Bly and she worked for the Pulitzer Joseph Guy's paper. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's Nellie Bly. She's the legend, fresh off her own asylum success. So she is <laughs> really important in this case too, because she is the one that found everything out. Wow. Um, so Nellie somehow gets Lizzie to reveal her previous marriages, which no one had discovered. No one had looked into yeah. it. No one had known about it. No one had known about it. Nellie uncovered it. Nellie is able to fact check all of these previous marriages and confirm that that is the truth uh-huh. that this woman had married. Do you all think these men. Nellie pretended she'd murdered several people? You know, I don't know how Nellie did it because Nellie is an interesting character too, um, and that's actually quite sort of a bit like her modus operandi, isn't it, um, Nellie? In the sense that she, yeah, because she pretended to have um like to be insane basically so she'd be sent to an asylum so actually pretending to be like everyone else is kind of what she did so she's pretty good at emulating like Mm. what people are feeling maybe i don't know so the revelation that that lizzie halliday has been married five times before she wed paul halliday and that two of her husbands died so close to their weddings and that Mm. lizzie had tried to poison a third um led the press to speculate that she was responsible for at least six deaths but whether the they died of natural causes was obviously unknown so there was a a certain point in time where they were even suspected that she was jack the ripper um everything went crazy you know um what jack the ripper had gone to america yeah i was gonna say (laughs) yeah it's a stretch um but basically (laughs) what had happened was one of the one of the sullivan county sheriffs started a he started a round of speculation because he told the press that lizzie was probably connected to the jack the ripper murders although no connection was ever actually made and apparently when she heard about this she said do you think i was do you think i am an elephant that was done by a man (laughs) so the uh jack the ripper thing not her um so don't insult a serial killer's style she's got style yeah exactly so this poor surviving son uh robert halliday was another useful source uh for reporters and he said that Mm. uh, lizzie had once confided to him that she had killed another husband in belfast but managed to conceal that crime i assume there is a belfast in america and that she hasn't like hopped over to (laughs) ah maybe when she was doing the jack the ripper things yeah she popped around europe for a bit stop over um yeah so on june 21st 1894 uh lizzie halliday's convicted at the sullivan county oyer and termina court for the murder of margaret mcquillan and sarah jane mcquillan and she became the first woman ever to be sentenced to death by electrocution so my question at the beginning was why is she not electrocuted yeah and you guys gave answers have do you guys want to change your answers do you have any other guesses as to why i can't she even was? remember what i said <laughs> you, you thought maybe someone had killed her in prison oh right yes. so she didn't oh, get a chance to be electrocuted that's oh. right i think yeah, maybe that's... she kills herself okay interesting I think it's like, I get, just going back to Nellie as well, about that thing of, I think that's interesting because uh, uh, all the way through, I imagine, she, like, from when she was arrested, she probably only would have dealt with men, right, up to that mm. point. All the police officers, all the, like, everyone. All the sheriff's all wife the who she attacked, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but she like... Killed several women, didn't she? She two. did. She killed at least two yeah, women up two to women. this point. 
But it's interesting that she kind of confided in Nelly like that. Yeah. Like it's I just find that fascinating. But maybe, for example, mm. maybe okay, this is what I'm gonna guess, is that Nelly says that she thinks that she shouldn't have the electric chair and there's uh, just because it's okay. i mean it's inhumane anyway but like particularly maybe for women or something right yeah because it'd be the first woman so you think some kind of clemency i think it might be something to do or does she say she's pregnant because that's another thing oh, that people yeah, that's did how they get out of it yeah so Nelly really made her pregnant <laughs> <laughs> Nelly just... brings in a pipette oh my God. Some, some sperm how did we make this story worse guys come on it's, it's like a gift <laughs> it's what we do um, so the re- did you have a guess Taylor no what's your guess I forget what the question was Katie. Why, why does she end up not being electrocuted I've really been enjoying my Sauvignon tonight oh no my guess was that oh, she your guess was herself. that she was yeah. so either she gets so we've got gets killed by Esme kills self by Taylor and clemency from Nellie intervening or pregnant from Hannah maybe um, the electric chair got broken yeah, there was a power cut. Yes. <laughs> um, it has so happened. The actual answer is that because she was insane, the governor oh. commuted her sentence to okay. life in a mental institution after a medical commission declared her insane. Okay. Right. Um, so she spent the, the last 24 years of her life in the Matawan Hospital for the Criminally Insane in Dutchess County which was almost half her life. And there's one final bit of tragedy um, in this story. She had become a model patient and she was... Tr- so obviously, people are insane, you have to be careful. She, but she was trusted with sewing privileges and that gave Gosh. her access to tools, including uh, uh, scissors. Oh, no. Because she'd been such a model patient. Now, she grew close to somebody that worked one of the nurses that worked in this institution called Nellie Wicks it's another Nellie but it's a different Nellie this is Nellie Wicks uh so she grew close to this nurse and um she was deeply upset when this nurse was planning to leave the institution oh no so question what happens in 1906 does she sell her a nice frock <laughs> Does she give herself a terrible yeah. haircut? Because we've all yes. done that. <laughs> um, Please I, let it just be that. I wish you guys were right, and it was bonnets and haircuts and stuff. Um, no, in um, in 1906, Lizzie kills Nellie Wicks by stabbing yeah. her 200 times with a pair of scissors, oh, no. and that was her best friend in prison. Um, and then she died of kidney disease on June 28th, 1918. And that is the story of the worst woman on earth. Wow. wow. Yeah. Well, she well. was a right nutter. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. Ooh, let me tell you what makes a drunk woman sing mmm yeah ain't about flashy cars don't need no diamond ring oh yeah oh all it takes is some love from our beautiful fans so here's some off-key blues for our latest patrons first we got Ali Coker and then Jenny Petrus too. Don't forget Louise Lynn, followed by Alison Green. Yeah, I see you. We love Kate Seaman. Somehow she got left out before. 
and Ingle Jennings. Hope I said that okay before I walk out the door. Last but not least, Nadav Algrubly. There's no way I said that right. I'm a stupid whore. We love you so much, baby. Thanks for being such stars. It helps support a podcast which takes place in dive bars. If you'd like to get in on some of this fun, then just check out patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Blues is hard. I have a listener crime, and then we're going to talk about what Esme is up to. This crime has come from Lauren in Montreal, and she says, This story took place when I was in my mid-twenties and working at a ski resort in Colorado. Because the resort was an hour out of town and up an icy mountain pass, I would drive to the last residential area at the mouth of the canyon park and then take the bus the last 30 minutes to the resort. Does anyone else have the shining theme in their head? Yes, I do now. (laughs) Um, I was genuinely going to make that joke, but I'm like, don't interrupt interrupt Katie reading. (laughs) No, that's all right. I can take pauses. It's fine. I love Uh, the Overlook Hotel. What a breakfast. Beautiful, but chilling. My God. (laughs) Okay, so we're dealing with a horror story, guys. Um, one bus ride home, a skater-esque guy started chat- chatting at me across the row of seats. He asked if he could move to the empty seat next to me, told me that I could put my legs up on his lap. Uh, oh. No thanks, dude. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. Um, and that I had beautiful hair. Yeah. This is this is gone. Yeah, um, red flags. Like I can imagine someone skiing between all this these is... red flags. Like there is a lot going yeah. on here. <laughs> and then doing doing a little black back. Yeah, thing. this um, is not what the song Skater Boy is about. No, this, this <laughs> you misread it. You incel. Yeah, this escalated very quickly. And he said that she had beautiful hair. He followed that up by reaching out to stroke my hair, and then also let me know that he had recently been released from jail. Oh, nice. Yes, so that is, is a, a kicker. Package. Okay. okay, probably um, open with that. I'm just gonna give a tip. <laughs> like start with that if you're gonna yeah. reveal it at all. Yeah, he served his time and he's rehabilitated, but his other behaviour, not so much. After that, I started noticing him around my bus route a lot. He would get off the bus at the same stop as me, but then seemed to just wander around as I half ran to my car and sped away. I even tried getting off the bus at different stops, but the same thing happened. Then, a few weeks later, I was taking my dog out for a pee and was shocked to see him standing 10 feet away on my neighbor's porch. He had a shirt on for a local delivery app, and he apparently had just dropped off food at my neighbor's. He seemed genuinely surprised to see me standing there and came over to chat however my large dog started barking at him in such an aggressive way that he didn't stop to talk long after that encounter i never saw him again so my question is was this all a coincidence or was this guy following me he did seem genuinely surprised to see me and i don't know how he could have known where i lived oh the thing is i just want to say real quick about the dog Dogs react based on how you're secretly reacting because they can sniff our emotions yes. or whatever. Yes. So the dog has picked up that. She, I mean, obviously sometimes they bark because he's a stranger yeah. or whatever. But yeah, but probably the dog has picked up that she's scared. He doesn't like it, 
So he's acting on that information. This is why and I haven't adopted a dog yet because it's just going to be like living in my neurotic state for the rest <laughs> of its poor life. Just like, why are we having an existential crisis for no reason? <laughs> That's really freaky, but weirdly, it feels because her instinct was that it was a coincidence. It feels like it was. It was a horrible, like, freaky. Mm. coincidence but yeah it could, or it could be that he was stalking her and then he changed his mind when he met her dog well there's that yeah well that it bridge. sounds like he was stalking her yeah before definitely yeah. yeah um so you'd think he would know where she lived he certainly was stalking her if she yeah. kept seeing him don't you and, think? Yeah, yeah and different, and if she's bus. getting off at different stops and he's still there, yeah. that's quite weird. God, I'm I, so naive that I'm like, but he had a uniform on. <laughs> I mean, it, it's possible that, that last one, he was doing a job and it yeah. was a coincidence. It, yeah, that one was a coincidence, but the rest of the time he was dodgy. Wait, no, that's all I mean. It's her. just that the food yeah. app thing, I could believe that it's a really freaky coincidence. Yeah. Of course he was stalking her before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I think definitely. the last one was like that was his come up and Yeah, and it's slightly freaky. And actually, out. do you know what? Why would she ask that? If he'd been stalking her before, and we all know that, mm-hmm. then why would she make us think about the other one, the end thing? Yeah. Which makes me think that it was a coincidence. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? It yeah. does make sense. Because I feel I, like that was her gut feel, that yeah. it's a coincidence. And trust your gut, that's the Also the yeah. fact that the he stopped but as the well. dog that's knew the he was a piece thing. of shit. Sorry, yeah. Hannah, say that again. Oh, I'm no, it was just the fact that it stopped after that is kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is interesting. Mm. Maybe he, he had a phobia about dogs. Yeah. <laughs> well, she did say it was a big dog, so... Yeah. Yeah. So this is basically my advice to everyone listening is get a big dog. Yeah, a dog. And I, I think yes. that's true for all just women every situation. need a big dog. It's like yes. the end of Terminator, like Sarah Connor, yeah. get a great big, um, what is it? It's a German Shepherd or this police dog that she has. What does she have at the end of Terminator? Oh, I, I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> But I've only seen Terminator one, one time. No, she gets the, oh, it's the last scene when they take the photo, you know. Uh-huh. I'm a really big fan of Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. <laughs> I love Terminator 2. I know it much better. You could reference any of them. And I'm There's also a really big that. fan of dogs as well, so I should know this because I have seen Terminator. <laughs> like when people are like, have you seen John Wick? And I'm like, the one about the dog. And yeah, that is, <laughs> that is a plot point. Um, but the thing is, though, like with a big dog, you kind of... So my parents have a big dog and he is scared of plastic bottles. Like, you know, if you crumple Ooh. a plastic bottle, he is frightened of it. So it's like, not... I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think. Well, I'm glad it's. I'm glad it's stopped for our uh, our Montreal listener. That's really that's mm. really scary, isn't it? Yeah, that's a. It's a nice ending actually for a slightly yeah. scary several encounters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so our verdict is he was stalking you, and your dog saved the day. Yep. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Okay. Yep. Case closed. We solved it. Another one. <laughs> we have 
just enough time left to ask Esme Young, what are you up to? Where can we find you? What do you want to plug? What am I up to? Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I've got an Instagram thing, whatever you call it. Um, and is <laughs> Account. There... Okay. And is there more sewing bee? We can fi- we can watch the sewing bee still, can't we? Yes, and there's going to be another series. Oh, okay, there great. Is. Oh, so we can watch so that so sewing bee is on iPlayer at the moment. Yes. Working on the sewing bee is great. It's really, really great. Brilliant. Oh, that's I awesome. think it's so good to encourage people to sew. Well do anything with the hands mm. actually. It's yeah. a brilliant show. Yeah. It's so good. I do think for your mental health, doing anything with your hands is great. Agreed. Yeah. Because you're creating stuff. You're making stuff. It slows you down. You're solving problems. Yeah. Mm. I tend to, with my hands, I tend to just grab a glass of wine. So maybe I should get some <laughs> yeah. I should get get sewing kit, I think. Get some sewing. <laughs> well, you need to get off the computer. Yeah. 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 Get a pencil and pad out and do a bit of fashion drawing. Yes, oh, and then some... get your friend to nick them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just remains for us to say thank you so much for being a guest on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Yes. Esme Young! Wow, thank, thank you! you. <laughs> thank you very much. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple podcast and also if you have a crime that you would like us to solve write it on a review on apple podcast as well thank you to acas and thank you for listening bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.